All right, so let's get, uh, let's get to the task at hand, shall we? Shall we not? Uh, guess what? New series that we're starting tonight, Love and Dating. Hey, this is a series that you guys loved last year. I probably should have did it twice last year because of how many issues and problems we had with you guys with dating and all those sort of things. I should have done it twice, but I didn't because I was like, you know what? My kids are mature. They only have to listen to it once. Well, guess what? I'm recording it. So anytime you guys have any issues, I'll be like, bam, there's the link. You listen to it. And I don't have to do a whole another series on this. But I might have to do it anyway. But we're not going to do it. So tonight we're going to talk about, we're going to start off this series, Love and Dating. And the vision is, is for this is to really help reiterate, you know, what love is and what love means and what dating looks like, what dating should be like guidelines and rules to dating and stuff like that. But tonight we're going to start off with the very basics of basics. And we're going to help, we're going to talk about the distinction of love versus lust. Love versus lust. Now I have some pictures. You already saw one picture. I want your opinion on these pictures on whether you think this is a representation of love or of lust. Picture number one, love or lust? Love. Love. Okay. Okay. Number two, lust. Okay. Picture number three. What do we got? You think that's love? Okay. This one's tricky. You tell me. You think that's love? That's that's cute. A naked guy laying on top of a girl on the opposite side on the beach. Oh, I'm sorry. He has his pants on. Listen. Anytime you have a six pack and pecs. You, you're naked, in my, my opinion, if your shirt's off. You are naked. Look at the ring on his hand. All right, next picture. Love or lust is a split decision. This one, you, I heard boys. Clapping. Really, clapping about that. Hey, listen, first of all, you should not be clapping for that because that's a sin and it's inappropriate. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. It is, that is lust. This one, love or lust. And this is and this this is a, this is for shock value, okay? Listen, this one this one's for shock value. There's nothing. There's there's no nudity or anything in it. But this is for shock value. All right. And now I want you to tell me whether you think this is love or lust, because this could be something that's happening in your relationships right now. And I want you to I want you to say it out loud whether you think it's love or lust. Love or lust. Love or lust. So let me ask you something. Looking at these pictures, looking at these pictures, there's no words described. There's absolutely no backstory. All there are are some pictures. And from those pictures, you're telling me the actions of these people described love or lust. When each and every single one of them had some sort of lust action in it, or love action in it. You really couldn't tell by the picture, though. Because some of them, some of those people could be married. You never know the backstory of what you see and what you do. The reality is, love and lust is really hard to determine in today's society. How many of you can decide whether it's love or lust? I could tell you right now, you can't because I've I've heard of your relationships or I've seen who you dated and I've I've seen the imagery on TV of ABC Family on movies that they show now. If you listen to movies, if you listen to music, if you watch TV shows, they're implementing into you what love really is. But is it truly love or is it lust? So let's take a look at the definition 
that I found for lust. This is the definition I found in the dictionary for lust. It's defined as a desire, craving, longing, or passion. If we just stopped right there and I said, I'm going to define a word and you guess what this word would be. If I said desire, craving, longing, or passion, could you also say love to that? It sounds pretty similar to love until you see the next part of the, uh, the, de- of the de- definition, mostly physical and self-serving. Oh, that doesn't sound like love. That's, that's more lust. Okay, so let's, let's look at the, the, the definition for love. Love says it is a passion, affection, fondness, deep romantic or sexual attachment, or deep affection for. That's what physically... So what... So what is it? Is it is it lust or is it love? Because according to both definitions, they're very similar compared to what the world's saying. And yet we find all the time that, the, that you hear friends and movies. And what's the number one thing that I hear from, from most of you teenagers? Oh, I wish I found somebody I could love. I wish I found love. I wish I, I fall in love. I, I, wish I, had, I wish I had this. But do you even know what love is? Do you even know what you're searching for? Do you know what you are looking for when it comes to defining love or defining lust? The two look incredibly similar. No wonder it's so hard defining which one you are searching after or which one you are currently experiencing in your life. And so tonight we're going to take a look at a few biblical passages. I'm going to tell you a couple stories just because I like storytelling. I'm going to talk about a couple different stories, and at the end of each story, I want you to tell me if, if you think it's a story about lust or if you think it's a story about love. How's that sound? Because it's easier than pictures, because with pictures, you know, it could be love, it could be lust. You know, that guy could be holding somebody else's, somebody else's wife's hand, and, you're, and, and that's lust, you know, you know, you know, you just never know the backstory. Of course, that couple on the beach could be honeymooners, you know. And they're, 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 they, you know, they're both virgins, save themselves for marriage, and now look at them, you know? You just never know the backstory. So I'm going to tell you a story, and then you tell me whether it's love or lust. Deal? Deal. Hmm. Depending on how much money. Depending how much money. Okay. First story I'm going to tell you is a story about this guy named Shechem. Is he from the Bible? He is. Story about Shechem. Now, Shechem... Shechem, before we can even really begin to talk about Shechem, we have to talk about the other part of this story. And her name is Dina. Now, Dina is the daughter of Jacob. Now, Jacob is the one who wrestled with God. Jacob is the offspring of, um, of Isaac and Abraham. Jacob gets his name turned to Israel. He is the one that has 12 sons. And Dina is his only recorded daughter. Now, they are traveling throughout the desert, Jacob and Dina, his daughter Dina, and they're traveling around the desert. And this guy, Shechem, you know, is, is traveling around, and he sees Dina. He's like, holy shnikes, this girl is hot. He pulls out his cell phone, and he starts texting to all of his guy friends. Yo, man, check a picture out of this hot girl, man. Click, takes a picture of her, texts it to all of his boys, and he's like, oh, man, look at that body. Look at that body. You know, she, he's just like, wow, she's just hot, right? So he's just like, oh. And so he goes to Dina while nobody's looking. He grabs her by the hand and he starts whispering some things to her. And all of a sudden, he finds, Dina finds himself, herself in a situation where Shechem takes her, sleeps with her, defiles her, and rapes her in just a matter of moments. 
Now, after the raping, Shechem, the Bible says, heart was longing for Dina. And he, he felt love and compassion towards her after he raped her. And he began to whisper comforting things to her ears. A lot of young girls get whispered comforting things to the ears of young men who prey on them for their own purposes. And the Bible says Shechem whispered into Dina's ear and says, don't worry, I'll marry you. It'll be okay. This, 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 this doesn't really represent how I feel about you because I love you. And Shechem asked for Jacob for Dina's hand in marriage. And so let me ask you this. Do you think that story is about love or do you think that story is about lust? He's, okay, it started off lust. What else do you think it is? It, it ended. You think it? At the beginning, he was self-serving. He raped this girl. He raped this girl, and then it, the Bible says he loved. Do you really think Shechem loved Dina, or do you think he he was like, well, I better write this wrong, and this girl's still banging, so um, I'll keep her around. I'll just take her as my wife. I'll marry somebody else. There was no jail back at that time. You know what happened to Shechem? Jacob's, Jacob's, Dina's brothers found out, went and killed the whole family, killed a whole entire town, killed Shechem, killed his father, killed a whole entire village because they raped his, his sister, raped the, killed them all. Told them, you know what? If you're going to marry my sister, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna, um, to snip you guys. Snip, snip. We're going to get you guys all circumcised. And on the third day, after all, when all the guys were in pain from the circumcision, they went in, killed everybody. Just killed them all. This story is not a story. It's more lust. More lust. Let's hear, here, here, let's hear a second story. Second story. Story about Jacob and Rachel. Now, Jacob is a son of Isaac, which is a son of Abraham. And Jacob is Dina's father. He had his own love story of his own. So we're going to talk about this. And I want you to tell me, if it, is it love or lust? Okay. So Jacob, being the son of Isaac, um, was wanted to be wanted the inheritance of his brother Esau, Jacob and Esau. You know that whole story. Um, the brothers, the younger serves the older, and so Jacob steals Esau's final blessing from his father and gets blessed by everything. And Esau finds out Esau wants to kill his brother because his brother just took everything: took the car, took the house, took the bank account, took the savings account, took the four hundred one k, took everything from his father, took it all, and left Esau with nothing. So Esau's like, "What? I'm the oldest one here, bro." I'm going to kill you and get all my money back, son. And so he goes and he tries to chase down Jacob. And Jacob flees. And he flees to the hometown of Jacob. Because his mom didn't want him to marry a woman outside of their own bloodline. He didn't, she, didn't, she was like, Jacob, please promise me, your wife, don't let it be like Esau. Because he's married girls outside of the faith. He's married girls who, who don't agree with what we agree with. And our lives are just living hell. These, guys, these girls make our lives miserable. They're no good for Esau. They're no good for us. Don't marry outside of our faith. Don't marry outside of the vision of the, of the family. Go back to the home, our homeland. Find somebody who believes what we believe in. So as Jacob begins to run from Esau and try to save his life, he runs and he runs back into his homeland. And as he runs back into his homeland, he stops by this well to get water and stuff in his father's homeland. 
And as he's, as, he, as he's at the well, all the, all the farmers begin to come up to water their sheep. You know, because they're a sheep farm. All their cattle and all their livestock. And they begin to water them. And as Jacob's sitting at this well, he sees this gorgeous young lady come up. All these, all these music and love songs are going off. And Jacob said, and he's like, holy shnikes, this girl is hot. Oh, man, she's a shepherd, too. She's a shepherdess. Yo, so Jacob grabs the water and waters her entire flock for her. Waters her entire flock for her. And she, he follows her home and he gets to her home. And, he, and she is of her father's bloodline. And he's like, man, I got to have this woman as my wife. And so he approaches Laban, the father. They were related. Yeah, in the Bible times, that was quite frequent. Not like it is today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so and so Jacob runs and he sees and he sees uh, Laban, who is the father of Rachel. And he goes, hey, Laban, um, you know, you're my you're my uh, you're my mother's brother. You know, and my mom told me to come back and marry somebody from your bloodline because keep it in the family. I mean, that's what they did back in the day. And, and Laban goes, well, what are you, you going to give me for Rachel? Jacob goes, well, I'm not rich. I don't have any of my father's stuff that he gave me yet. So um, how about work seven years for her? Laban's like, seven years. Okay. And Laban saw that God was with Jacob. And so he agreed. And for seven years, Jacob worked hard labor for the hand of Rachel. Saw her every day, lived in the same town, lived in the same village, but couldn't touch her. For seven years. It's not like in today's society where you guys could like Facebook and phone, text each other and see each other and at school and stuff. They had to be separated. He could not go in and be with Rachel. They had to be se- For seven years, he saw Rachel from the far and said, I will work for this young woman for seven years without touching her, without doing anything. I will not touch her for seven years. I will work hard for her. And at the end of seven years, I will have the one that I've desired more than anything. So Jacob does. He works seven years. And as at the time of the wedding, it was dark out. And, and, and the, she had a veil over her face. And, her, and her, his father-in-law, Laban, tricked him. See, Rachel had an older daughter named Leah. And she wasn't married yet. Older sister. Uh, no, Laban had an older daughter. Oh, Rachel had an older sister. Laban had an older daughter. Named Leah. And on the wedding night, Laban gave Jacob Leah instead of Rachel. And so she had a veil over her face. And he didn't realize it until the next morning when there was light and he could see her. And he's like, what? Yo, he was, you know, he was was angry. You know, he worked seven hard years for the one that he loved. And he got this girl that he, it's just, that's her sister, man. What? What's wrong? So he marches into Laban's like, Laban, what up, man? He's like, sorry, man, I hate to, I hate to pull a fast one on you, but in our culture, the oldest got to get married before the youngest. It's just the way it is. And, and Jacob's like, what? I don't want her. And Laban's like, don't worry. This is what we're going to do. You can have Leah as a wife. She's a good girl. She's not attractive, the Bible said. She, she, uh, her eyes were sad and droopy, the Bible said. Um, and so be with her for a week. Give her her marriage week. And at the end of that week, I'll give you Rachel and you can marry Rachel. But you got to work for me seven more years. 
Jacob agrees because he loved Rachel. He worked seven years. What's another week? He'll give Leah whatever he gives, but his heart and his soul is with Rachel. And after a week he gave to Leah, he married, uh, married Rachel, his true love, and worked another seven years for his father. Love or lust? Love. Why do you think that's love? He worked for her. He waited for her. He was patient for her. He, was lu- he lusted after her. Come on, man. He saw her at the well and was like, dang, that girl's hot. She's fine. How many of you guys would wait seven years without being able to touch a girl, not even, barely be able to talk to her, work hard labor, work for her dad? How many of you would do that, that you love that girl that much? I, I, know, I know way too many boys. They would be like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to get that. I worked seven years for that. Year into it. Now I'm out. Peace. That girl's way easier. I'm going to go after her. Or they would work seven years and they'd be like, what? I don't get Rachel? You know, whatever. You know, I'll just take Leah. Sorry, Rachel. You know, I'm already married. You know, I ain't working another seven years for your dad. Your dad's a prick. I hate him. I ain't doing that. I'm taking Leah, your sister. I'm out. Bounce. Peace. I know it's way too many. I know way too many people who would do something like that, but not Jacob. He loved Rachel. And this story is more a story about love. Let's listen to another story. Story number three tonight. Story number three tonight. This, one's a, this one, I think, is, is a little bit more of, a, more of an interesting story. Because I think it deals with a lot of what we have issues in today's society. Two strangers walk, walk into a town. Going to visit to check to see what, their, what the quality of life is. To see if there's anybody there who still follows God. So these two strangers walk into town and there's a man called Lot. He's a nephew of Abraham. He's there. He sees these two new men in the town. He's like, yo, guys, hey, you here to visit the town? Yeah, yeah, we're just here checking it out to see if there's anybody who still follows God and stuff, you know? We want to see what this town's all about. And Lot's like, listen, I follow God. You, you probably know my uncle Abraham. Please, why don't you stay in my house tonight, okay? It's safe. Well, two men are like, no, safe. What do you mean? We'll just sit in the city square. That's fine. They did that back in the day. We'll just, we'll just sleep the night in the city square. Lot's like, whoa, guys, trust me. You need to come in my house. And so he argued with them, and the two men finally succumbed to Lot, and they stayed the night with Lot. Now, the men of the town heard that there was two strange men in the town, and they gathered together, and they found out that, they, he, that the two men were staying with Lot. And at about the time of dinner, these men began to bar- barrage, um, began to attack Lot's house and tried to knock it down, screaming out, Yo, Lot, man, give us up the two men so we can have our way with them, man. Come on, dude, not open up, man. They're too fresh meat. Let's rape them, yo. Give us, give us, give us these men, man. Come on. Young and old, trying to break into Lot's house so they, they can have their way with these two new men who came into the town. Men on men. That's what I'm talking about. And so, and so Lot's like, listen, listen, guys, these, these two strangers are special. Don't have your way with these two strangers. Don't have, you don't want, here, I have two young daughters, two teenage daughters. Take my daughters. Have your way with them. Just don't harm these two men. What? And so the men were like, I don't think so. We don't want no girls, man. We want, we want those two men. We want to have our way with those two men. And so they're like, bam, 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 bam. They're knocking down. And they almost break down the door until the two men revealed themselves to be angels. 
and they barricade the door and prevent those men from coming in. And after hours of those men trying to get into the house of Lot to have their way with the two men who turned out to be angels, they all went their way home. Love or lust? Because what? Homosexuality is self-serving sin. Let me ask you. You, you, you boys, you boys, you're up here. Let's, let's talk to these guys up over here for a second. Gentlemen, you just told, Brandon, sit back down, homie. All right, so listen up. You just told me homosexuality was a sin. It was nasty and disgusting when we were talking about two men doing like this, this, right, right? Talking about that, right? Oh, but, I, but just a couple minutes ago, I flashed a girl of two hot girls kissing, and you guys were, woo-hoo-hoo, I can't wait to have my way with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Lust, homosexual, lust, sin. Don't want to hear it. You can't even argue me about it. Don't even want to hear it. Don't even want to hear it. No. That's right. Sin is a sin no matter what. Sin is a sin no matter what. Story about lust. You know what happened to those guys? They, were, they, they, they happened to live in the town of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Next day, God sent down and burned the whole village up, both Sodom and Gomorrah, because not even five righteous people lived in the town. Brandon, back up front. Huh? The two girls that married that, that Lot's daughter? Well, the next day, the angels tell Lot, his wife and his two daughters, only four righteous people found in the whole town. Previously in the story, Abraham asked the angels, if you find at least five people, five righteous people, save the towns. And, and God agreed, okay, with five righteous people, they only found four. So they tell Lot and his wife and his two daughters, run to the village, go, do not turn backwards, because if you look backwards, you will die. On their way out, Lot's, daughter, uh, Lot's wife turns around, sees it, turns into a pillar of dust. Salt. Dead. Salt. Dead. Instantly. The two daughters, afraid that the bloodline of their father uh, would be ruined, guess what they do? No. They got their father drunk, slept with him, got knocked up by his two children, and they carried on the family line. Sin is a crazy weird thing. Don't even want to talk about it. Sin will make you do crazy, stupid things. Listen, listen, listen. In a heartbeat, those four righteous people, in a heartbeat, those four righteous people, one was killed, two slept with their father to keep the bloodline alive. Righteous people in a heartbeat, in an instant, can be turned to unrighteous, into sin, into lust, into homosexuality, in a heartbeat. Listen, you, gotta, you better guard your heart, because those four people that the angels uh, saved, they could, he could have left them in that town and had them die that, right, with the rest of them, but he took them out, and within 24 hours, three of them, one dead, two sleep with their daddies. Hey, you, you can say weird all you want. You guys, you're, you're, your heartbeat from something like that happened to you. Heartbeat from something like that. Falling into sin like that. Lust, sexual temptation. Boom, your heartbeat away from it. Let's go with the last story of the night. Last story of the night. Last story of the night. This one, I'm not even going to pretend about who it is. I'm not even going to pretend about who it is. Beginning of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God created two men, two people, Adam and Eve. And God said, Adam and Eve, I want you to multiply the whole earth, which means get it on. I want you guys to make babies. 
And God literally created Adam for Eve and said, I want you guys to have, have sexual relations because this is where it belongs in the marriage. And I'm going to give you everything. God literally gave Adam and Eve everything. He, they're like, you can eat of the fruit. You can eat of the, of the animals. Everything that you see, it is yours. Do with whatever you see fit, except for the one thing. Don't touch it. Adam and Eve, after what several period of time, we have no idea. It was never recorded in the Bible. It could have been a couple hours. It could have been a couple days. It could have been a thousand some years later after that commandment. Adam and Eve rebelled against God. They ate of the fruit. And instead of God destroying them and starting fresh and starting over, God spared their lives and said, don't worry. This thing that has became between us, I will rectify it and we'll be together forever in eternity like I desired from the beginning. And 5,000 years later, God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you and I to live again in eternity and in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we're all Love or lust? Yeah, you're <laughs> Love or lust? Love. Why is that love? self-serving or physical desire there's no self-serving physical desire there was no there was no there was a desire god wanted to be with these people how many of you how many of you when when you're in a relationship and somebody wrongs you you instantly end the relationship and say i'm done with you somebody has done complete god the adam and eve completely broke god's heart they rebelled against him and instead of destroying them what does god do he closed them. He gave them life. He gave them an antidote. He befriended them. He became his God. And their relationship continued to grow and develop until he sent his only begotten son, Brandon King and Taylor Talavas, sent his only begotten son to set you and me free from sin. The, twi- the difference between love and lust is simple. Lust is for a short time. It cannot last. It is self-fulfilling. No one can stand to be used for very long. Listen, you might be in a relationship and it might be going for a little bit, but it's, it's based out of lust. Guess what? Your partner can only be used for so long before they get tired of being used or you get tired of using them. Love, however, it's a gift from God given to us so that we can love God in return. You know, God gave us love, not so that we can love each other first, but that we could love God first. He gave us love so that we could entail, give his love to others so that they could understand what true love really is all about. That's the difference between love and lust. Lust, Lust is about you and your satisfaction. Love is about God and his satisfaction. You guys know this scripture verse. It's read at every single wedding. Anybody know the scripture? First Corinthians 13. Let's read this out. Let's, let's read this out. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not speak its own. Is not provoked. It thinks no evil does not rejoice in sin and evil, but in the truth. Love bears all things, 
believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love, what? Never fails. Love never fails. This is the hallmark of love. This is what true love is because this is how God loves you. This is the hallmark of love because this is how God loves you and how you are to love people. And if you're in a relationship and you still don't know whether it's love or lust, ask yourself this. Does this relationship honor God? Does this, make, does this relationship make God happy? Would this potential relationship make God happy? Does this potential relationship honor God? Does this potential relationship I'm about to enter in, does it help me? Or does it, while, while I'm in this relationship, will I still be able to draw closer to God or to, closer to somebody else? Be patient, guys. Your time will come. Your time will come. Hey, God wants each and every one of us to be happy. He said so in his word. He has plans to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future. But he also says, hey, don't waken up love before it's time. Some of you guys aren't ready for love yet. You're not ready for those serious relationships yet. Don't awaken it before it's time, says the Bible says. You know, love is a powerful source. It is a powerful influencer and it, ca- it can cause us to do some really good things in our lives. And it can cause us to do some really amazing things in our lives. But love in the wrong hands can make you do some stupid things and cause you to bring a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. If you're not ready and you awaken it before you're really ready to be in it. God says this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and my righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. How many in here really want to have a relationship where love like this exists in your life? Love like Jacob and Rachel exists in your life? Raise your hands. Raise your hands. How many of you would want that relationship in your life? You know how you do it? You know how you get that relationship? You know how you, how you, how you get to get that into your life? Seek God first. Zach seeks God first. Kayla, seek God first. Haley, seek God first. Taylor Talavast, seek God first. Brandy, seek God first. Lindsay, seek God first. Jimmy, seek God first. God said, if you seek me first, all these things, all your wants, all your desires, if you seek me first, these things will be added unto you. These things I will give to you because you love me and I know our relationship is tight. Love versus lust. Which one are you seeking? Which one are you experiencing? Which one are you doing? Love, is, love satisfies God. Lust satisfies yourself. Until you understand what you're looking at, not what the world tells you what love looks like, because the world can't find it. If the world be able to find it, <laughs> then we won't need eHarmony. We won't need Match.com. We won't need these type of things. If we were be able to really understand what love is, people won't be going from relationship to relationship to relationship, trying to find love in physical ways, trying to find love in, in mental and spiritual ways. Find God first. Seek Him first, and He will add these things unto you when you are ready. When you are ready. How you date is completely up to you. 
But if you want that love and not lust, and you want that thing that will last, that will, well, that, that will make fairy tale type endings, you need to seek God first. You need to make sure that relationship honors God. You got to make sure that relationship makes God happy. You got to make sure that you still draw closer to God, that God still is the priority and the main focus in your life. And when that happens, you'll see at the end of your, end of your life, happily ever after. That's what you'll see. Why don't you guys bow your heads with me tonight? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for each and every one of these young people. And Lord, I know that in life and in relationships and love and, and in today's society, they experience things at a much earlier age than what I did. Lord, they still experience those same, we all experience these same things. But Lord, I pray that through this message that you'll give truth to their hearts and truth to, to their lives. Lord, that you would just bring them to an understanding of what love really is. And Lord, that you would guide their hearts. Lord, that you would protect their minds and protect their spirits. And Lord, to lead them into a relationship with you. A relationship where they'll be able to experience love, that their lives would be full of joy. And Lord, as they seek after you and as they find themselves in you, and as they reflect your love to the world, Lord, that you would bring that perfect someone that they would be able to share love with for the rest of their lives in a way that honors you and makes you happy. Father, I thank you for each and every one of them. Bless them this week as they return back to school. And Father, we can never fail to give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, find somebody, pray with them. If you have any questions about what you heard tonight, come see me. Guys with guys, girls with girls, pray for each other, and then you guys are free.